We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Looking into the road of his overtime crystal ball and see what is going to happen in the 2023 NFL season. We're going to talk through, Sean, what we believe will happen and what we hope will happen and maybe throw in some scorching takes along the way. So I'm looking forward to this one. We have made it, Sean, to pretty much the eve of the NFL season. If you're listening to this, we'll have already had Thursday Night Football. We're recording this before that kicks off. So we're excited to see what happens. I know Sean is ready to see what his Kansas City Chiefs are all about in 2023 and if they can retain that Super Bowl trophy at the end of the season. But I'm excited, Sean. It's been a long offseason. It's been a fun offseason. And I kept mentioning that we wouldn't know as time flew by how quick the season would be here. We sit now and it feels like it's come too quick. <laughs> it's already here, but we are excited for it. Oh, man, I can't wait. This... This might be the most excited I've been in the last decade in Colombia. Well, this is—I think this is the most excited. Like, there's times over the last, especially kind of three days, where I've been pretty hyped. The season is here. Yeah, we don't have a hard time getting excited. So if we're more fired up than usual, I don't. Hopefully, week one here will will deliver for us. We always say it's the best time of the year, but all those other times that i said it i didn't feel the adrenaline rush thinking about the season that i feel at this moment in time so i'm excited maybe it's those last couple of drafts sean that we were squeezing in before the season started that really feel like they are going to bring home all the money in 2023 maybe that's what's still there but but we're ready to to kick off here what direction sean knows the show sheet but what way do you want to do it the last call i'm going to do is intro music Send me your suggestions for which players need to be in there for the 2023 edition. I will be updating it over the next week or so. So send them my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or email them across at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Sean, which way are we kicking off today's show? Well, you have who is the 2024 101. Who do you have? I think uh, this is a kind of a cheat of an answer. Uh, I think, you know, the top two are going to be the same guys again. I think we are going to see justin jefferson and jamar chase continue their i'm going to say historic start to their careers and those guys are leading the way again usually sean when we're looking at number one number two over the last bit of time we've had either running backs 
are more veteran receivers, but these guys are they are still on the ascent. And if their ascent continues, I, I can't see them sliding back down by ADP. Well, I'm going to throw out a couple of crazy answers. These aren't going to be the most likely. Sean names. Sam Howell can't be the 101 in regular. No, form. It's, it's not going to be Sam Howell. He may be, he may be the answer to another question here in a moment, but. I'm going to throw out a couple of dark horse candidates. The first one is going to be a running back who people have bit up into the two, three turn and yet is very controversial going there. I'm going to say, look for Jameer Gibbs and the potential for him to have a 70 reception season that then puts him in the conversation as the next Christian McCaffrey, the next Austin Eckler. And certainly as those guys get a little bit older and fantasy managers are desperate for a running back play that will give them the ability to accomplish the running back objectives, which is to score in that 25 point per game range. Look for Gibbs to be potentially in the mix obviously someone who could also fall the other name i think that we have to consider here is the beneficiary of your guy if aaron Rodgers can get up there and win a fifth mvp if he can win a third bogus mvp somehow out vote getting patrick mahomes will be the obvious clear-cut choice for that award Sean if is that happens, happy that Aaron Rodgers has won those MVPs. Four of them. Four of them. If that happens. And I think that the revenge tour is very possible. Then Garrett Wilson is going to be in the mix at the 101. The revenge tour is very possible. I'm going to put this out here now that the MVP is, is not going to happen this year. I, I don't think that level of performance remains, but I think with what you're saying along with Garrett Wilson, I, I don't think you need um, an MVP-like season from Rodgers. You just need, you know, a strong, strong season from him. So I, I'm on board with both of those. And just for again, we are recording this one before Thursday night football. So Sean, if it's a case that Gibbs has already kicked things off and you know has seven receptions for 80 yards in the first game with two touchdowns, you know, Sean has predicted this ahead of time. Well, uh, and this is also one where. I could see this being that Kareem Hunt rookie season the game where he goes off in such a big way that Gibbs is drafted in the top five picks tomorrow and Saturday. We're going to have a lot of FFPC main events, a lot of FFPC fantasy pros, especially that fantasy pros contest is looking at some overlay. So I mean, obviously your chances of winning the million dollars are going to stay in the same basic range, but it gets a little better. And so, Colin, I mean, somebody has to win that million and listeners to OT have been doing quite well in the last (laughs) couple of years. So it could be you. Think about jumping in there. Those post Thursday night drafts are a lot of fun. Those are some of my favorites. The flip side of that is I wouldn't be surprised in week one if we get the performance from David Montgomery where he goes in round two over the next couple of days so again we're recording this not knowing and you can sound silly 
I think that Gibbs could go anywhere from 30 points to just you know three or four. That's how wide the range is for him in week one. I do think as the season goes along that by the time we're getting to 2024 101 discussions, week one is going to be forgotten, unless it's just magical, but it's going to be forgotten. It's going to be that week nine, week 10, and then specifically week 15, 16, 17. If he's scoring, I mean, if he goes on one of those postseason runs where you get almost 100 points in the three weeks from your RB, then, I mean, that's going to put him right there when we're talking about 2024-101. So he may factor into this as well. Sean, I have put this down as the Russian touchdown leader for the NFL, so just rushing. So you're talking a lot about receiving with Gibbs. I want to set the over-under at 18.5. So do we get somebody over 18.5 rushing touchdowns on the season? And if so, who is it? So, again, this may be a, a little bit of a cheap answer, but... I'm going with the Russian leader at the end of the season being Christian McCaffrey. I think just everything's set up in that offense for him to to smash again. And we want to have a fun season. What what I want more than anything this year is to get back to higher scoring, shootouts, more points, because that was the downside of kind of the early portion of last season. So I have to go with the over, which probably I, I think more I would I would say over a combined. Uh, rushing and receiving but we've gone here just for rushing so who is it is there somebody that can beat out cmc here yes there is i don't know if we have much chance of going over 18 as i'm looking in the road of his screener for the last well seasons from this century and looking specifically through week 17, because obviously most of those players did not get the 17th week. We only have the five seasons, and we don't have a season after 2006. So it's going to be a challenge. I mean, the odds are going to be that it's under. And yet, a name I want to throw out, as a possible over is a guy who we've been drafting because he just is so impressive as a big back out there catching passes his peripherals over his first two years in the league have been extremely impressive he's in an offense that should be upgraded and if he somehow loses goal line touches to ezekiel elliott <laughs> we're going to be throwing things at the tv screen I'm going to say Ramondre Stevenson leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I think I made a bold prediction about Stevenson at one point last season, but it, it didn't come true. So maybe Sean is is on this season forward. Excited for, for Stevenson's season and hopefully not too many devices or TVs get broke throughout the course of this season. Sean, moving into one that, again, you mentioned Gibbs. He factors into this for me for the rookie that makes the biggest fantasy impact this season. So there's one name here that, Sean, we're hoping that makes a big impact, and that is JSN. And now that the reports are coming out that possibly will factor in even in week one, and he's not going to miss those opening periods of the season, I was kind of thinking maybe we get a an Odell Beckham season where he misses you know four weeks to kick things off and then tears it up. But I think Gibbs factors in there for everything that you said. And the other player I want to mention, and you mentioned on our Start Set show this week about Mostert and you know him having the opportunity. Positive reports coming out with a chain and his recovery from injury and his potential availability i think if things break right for him as the season goes on and he if he can 
factor in to be in the lead running back in that offense the the potential for him to be a i'll go for a top five round draft pick in, in 2024 is is there for me i like those selections and certainly we anticipate or desperately hope for jsn <laughs> to have a strong season that odell beckham call is so much fun because i mean Beckham's season when you consider that he missed the first four games that he didn't go on to be one of the all-time greats is stunning and it's just unfortunate that he, he did over the the early portion of his career was you know kind of derailed then at that point well his second year was also fantastic but even separate from the injuries yeah he had started to not really contribute in the same way which was unfortunate certainly if you were chasing that early career production it's unusual for a guy just to be that good and not go on to be a calvin johnson not go on to be a julio jones type of player i'm gonna say i'm gonna go a different direction with this question and say the biggest fantasy impact is going to be one that is not priced in and certainly if jsn has a beckham type season that's not priced in but the more reasonable jsn types of seasons are at least priced in from the perspective of yeah you're still hoping to outperform adp but it's by a couple rounds it's not with a guy who's going to be a top five pick next season i think that sean tucker is going to be the biggest rookie fantasy impact because he's essentially free even though he has gotten trendier in the last week and if you end up being the starting running back and you bring a fantasy friendly profile and i think that tucker does that because he has the ability to both catch passes and break some plays there and he has the big playability as a runner if you end up being the starting running back you know after the first month of the season for a team that i think is going to be better for fantasy than people realize better i think than like the teams that have the rookie qbs for example because baker mayfield is not a player you can win with but he's a player that you can move the ball with. And so it's it's almost like a, a poor man's Jameis Winston or a poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick type of environment. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, I don't really want a lesser performer than those two guys. But a player who can move the ball in an environment where you're going to have a lot of you know dome matchups, you're going to have a lot of good weather matchups, you're going to have a lot of incompetence-fueled shootouts, you're going to have a lot of garbage time points unlike some of the other bad offenses i think that this offense will create some fantasy points if those go to sean tucker as the bucks starting running back he will be the biggest rookie impact player in fantasy the next one sean i think could be a very quick one it's a second year player who makes the biggest fantasy impact maybe maybe this does factor in that it, we do get a sam howell answer but i i think that it has to be garrett wilson well, since I've already made the case for Wilson being the potential 101 next year, I do think that we have to to mention Sam Howell here. But let's go a different direction and say that it's a guy in that offense who benefits from Howell being a little better than people expect. Jahan Dotson massively overperforms his price. He's the guy who makes the jump, and you get a double-digit touchdown season, and he definitively takes over the number one role there from terry mclaurin 
One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending a live event. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and Use the code RODOVIS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RODOVIS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to have a little bit of fun. This can be pretty rapid fire as we, we go through it. And it's going to be who is the highest scorer in PPR with some of the players who are both on the same offenses and are going close together by ADP. We're going to start off with the 49ers, Sean. It's Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Obviously, we're taking this is, you know, ADP is not the consideration. It's, it's who scores the most points in 2023. Well, I have a close. I think both guys are going to outperform ADP. I'm still going to give the slight edge to Debo, who has so many different ways to score points. Yeah, I agree. Um, Debo's season two years ago was was pretty magical when we're talking about like you know special seasons, and I, I think that the 49ers will have a pretty special season as a whole this year. And I, I do think that Samuel gets linked in. I think it's going to be pretty much impossible down near the goal line to stop those guys. When you get McCaffrey in the mix, those two guys, and then you're you're putting Kittle in there as well. So it should be should be pretty good if, if Purdy can keep that all ticking over. We get Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. The, some of these are are like you mentioned the last one being close. I think these are all going to be pretty close. It's going to be pretty close calls. This one is is really touch and go. I think the breakout side says Pickens. The volume play says Johnson. So I'm going with Pickens. So have to go for the the breakouts. I think both of these guys also 
beat ADP, although it's gotten more challenging. Colin, these two players were very heavily in my best ball portfolio until the last three weeks where they moved up into a range where they're competing with a lot of other trendy names. So hopefully all that early exposure will get some of those early teams across the finish line. It's just, as you mentioned, it's so challenging because the profiles are so extreme on opposite ends of the spectrum there where Johnson is going to have a billion underneath targets could lead the NFL in targets. Pickens could lead the NFL in touchdowns. You want to see him earn some more targets. I'm also going to go Pickens. Up in Seattle, we have, I know some people want to add Tyler Lockett into this, but I think it's DK Metcalf and JSN for who's going to be the the alpha up there. And if we look at the DK Metcalf and his physique, he certainly looks like an alpha. We have a situation where who scores the most points this season. Again, this is, is very close for me, but we have to continue to be bold here, Sean, and I'm going to go with, with JSN. I'm going to go JSN, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf in that order. So you're going to have Lockett outscoring Metcalf as well? Yes. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I'll have a JSN, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Um, I, I just think that, again, we're talking about offenses who should be very exciting. I think people are on board with what Seattle are going to do. They also have, obviously, very talented running backs. Yeah, put Gino into what he did last year. I, I just hope that Seattle, you know, we talked on our last draft that we did about the worst case scenario for all these things and the worst case scenario for seattle would be if geno smith you know cinderella story if he turns back into a pumpkin <laughs> that would be the, the worst case scenario here so i would be the worst can... case almost as bad would be the team deciding they want to grind out wins behind zach charbonnet <laughs> that's something else <laughs> that, that may be the worst case scenario <laughs> We, we want to keep, uh, hopefully, Sean, just check before Sunday that you have your warranty on your, your TV setup. Uh, we have Baker Mayfield down in Tampa. We have Chris Godwin. We have Mike Evans. I'm going to go straight up here and, and go for Chris Godwin. I just think that at this point of his career, and Mike Evans has continued to get a 1,000-yard season, has continued to be a terrific wide receiver. But I think in this offense, what Evans does and what Mayfield can do may not match up particularly perfectly and I, I think godwin is is more of the the player here to get the the volume in this offense we have had some seasons in the past where the sort of niche vertical receiver was the best fit for baker mayfield and yet i would agree with you that being able to manufacture touches to godwin something that they definitely did to an extreme under tom brady you open that up a little bit more. The fact that Godwin has such a multifaceted profile makes him the pretty easy call. McLaurin and Dotson for the commanders. I've been a big fan of McLaurin for his entire time in the NFL. Come in, started off hot, has looked really strong throughout it. Now potentially getting maybe the best offense and could potentially be the best quarterback that he's going to play with. I know we're more optimistic on Howell than a lot of people, but it feels like he is, uh, you know, if we're looking at the apex of a career, he's on the trajectory on the way down. But Dotson is really about to have some rocket fuel here and, and push himself up into one of the higher end wide receivers in the NFL. And I think this is one for me that is quite clear where the expectation, and I know ADP has changed with the McLaurin injury over the last, like, you know, couple of weeks. But at the start of the offseason, McLaurin has been viewed as the wide receiver one, Dotson the wide receiver two. I think 
this is one that a couple of weeks in and certainly by the end of the season will have completely people will be on board that the consensus wide receiver one is Dotson in this this offense yeah we have a ton of Dotson we don't have much McLaurin I would just throw out that Dotson was a reach in the reality draft from a profile perspective now he's looked good enough that I think if their general manager wants to argue that you know they saw things that have turned out to be true and that they were right and that the profile was wrong they could make that argument but when you look at his profile coming out of college and you look at the fact that he didn't exactly draw targets at a super high rate last season now part of that was because of injuries he wasn't always healthy or always available during the stretch where you would really have expected him to start generating a lot of target volume at the expense of say mclaurin the other thing is that mclaurin's profile is is really good you look at the air yards elements to it and the ability not just to draw targets but to draw deep targets and to make some of those plays despite horrible quarterback performance i think it's easy to like just make the fun pick and get ahead of ourselves in terms of where these two guys are before the toe injury there was a real possibility that mclaurin was the guy who made that jump into like the round two range next year so i would like to see both of these guys do well i think it'll certainly help dotson if mclaurin is healthy-ish and also plays to his capabilities certainly if you're on the sam howell bandwagon i mean you want terry mclaurin to have a good year we're not going to get the sam howell production that we need to justify all of the talk all year if terry mclaurin doesn't do kind of what he's done in the past plus you know more execution on some of the air opportunity from that perspective I mean, I almost want to say McLaurin just to bring all of these guys together up there to the top. Two more, Sean, to finish it off. And these are, I want to tie them all in together because these are very, very close. But I'm going to lead to the number one uh, by what we think now. So it's AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And it might seem like the, you know, the easy answer, but I feel like Chase and, and Brown have to lead the way here, bar an injury. So you're just going to go with the the main guys, are you? Yeah. Are we adjusting for the difference in price? No. Well, I mean, I think that we have to go with the superstars here. But one of the things that does tend to get lost because Higgins was limited for different stretches last season is that he went on a very, very long run where his numbers and Jamar Chase's numbers were almost completely equivalent. You're talking about like more than a full season worth, right? Where the numbers were equivalent. And so when you look at the different prices there, the reason that you have so much T Higgins is just because it's possible. Whereas if you want to get a lot of Jamar Chase, you just have to get a lot of, you know, 102s. But even with that not being the situation, I think that you've got a great chance to outperform with, a T Higgins, whereas you're a little bit more limited in your chances of that with Jamar Chase. Now with Jamar Chase, you have the chance for an astonishing season. And I don't think that you have that kind of historical type season or historic type season exactly in the range of outcomes for a T Higgins. When we look at the the Eagles, I mean, the efficiency numbers are just so extreme for both guys. But when you are talking about A.J. Brown, an edge in targets per route, 
a 1.5 edge in yards per target, which, you know, people are going to say, you know, we want to fade that portion of it, but you shouldn't. The weighted targets per route, again, a big edge to A.J. Brown. The target depth, an over two-yard edge to A.J. Brown. His ability with the ball in his hands is elite. So with Brown, you're mostly just asking the question, you know, how much overall volume is there going to be? Colin, for similar reasons, I have a ton of Devontae Smith and not much A.J. Brown. I think that Devontae Smith would probably need like a nagging Brown injury to be competitive there. I could see both guys outperforming again, and I do expect the Philadelphia Eagles to be the most exciting offensive football. And I actually forgot to add to the list, but Hill and Waddle, and I think it fits into a very similar part of the conversation. I do think that Smith, Higgins, and Waddle are probably our three favorite second wide receiver options on their offenses. But I think Waddle is the only one who may outscore his counterpart in Hill. That's the way I've been playing it as well and would pick it. The fact that Hill was so much more dynamic with the Dolphins last year than he was with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs stands out to me as a little bit not of a red flag. It is a great sign for him. It's a great sign for his coach and how well his coach schemed. It's a great sign for Tua. Triumph for all three of them. And yet when you're thinking about like Stefan Diggs and some of the things that he did with the Buffalo Bills after being traded from the Vikings. And you're like, okay, we're finally seeing the true Stefan Diggs. We've also subsequently seen how difficult it is to maintain that type of level. And when you have a young superstar behind you who really just needs to catch the ball a little bit better and to stay a little bit healthier to be the next guy who you know joins that mix of Jefferson Chase, Garrett Wilson, C.D. Lamb, that's where you can easily see a flip. Whereas seeing a flip in those other two offenses would be more surprising. Yeah, I would agree with that. Moving on now, Sean, Pitt and Manning had the record for NFL touchdowns in 2013, 10 years ago, 55 in that season. I'm not going to go for 55. Do we see any quarterbacks with over 50 in 2023? I'm going to go with the simple answer and I probably should have said this when we did the running back over you know touchdowns I should have just went with no but uh, I'm going with no here (laughs) you're going with no well you put these very high I mean you put them in a range where they would have to be I didn't want it to be uh, simple I think like over under I would say 44 is probably where the realistic marker is I think we'll have some guys over 40 this season but getting up to 50 is is quite tough yeah, when you, when you talk about getting over 50, and again, I've just cut this for 17, which now we do have an extra week, which makes it a big difference. But this century, we only have 10 guys who are even over 40. Now, we have another handful who are at 40. But the difference between 40 and 55 is a lot. Man, it's 15, so, John. It's 15. It is 15. <laughs> and I mean, when you think about what Peyton Manning did, and I mean, I think about one of the sort of luckiest slash greatest teams that i ever drafted was one that i did draft after the first thursday night game where peyton manning had already demonstrated that he was going to have a magical season and i was able to take him at 201 along with i believe des bryant and then he goes on to throw for 55 touchdowns 
And when you have Peyton Manning with 55 touchdowns and a zero RB team that had guys like Des Bryant, Andre Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Gordon, you've got the tight end, I believe, of Jimmy Graham in there. You know, you score a lot of points. 20, 2013 as well is the, the fabled Josh Gordon season. It is the it one season where it, it all worked out for Josh Gordon. It did all work out that year. So this one, even though there are fewer examples of this, I do, and you know, we have this frustrating development where defenses are trying to slow things down, trying to make you execute a billion drives. Colin, I'd like to think that subsequent to our recording, Patrick Mahomes has gone out and put up a huge number despite the absence or the very limited performance from Travis Kelsey in week one. He threw for 50 touchdowns in 2018. He threw for 40 touchdowns last season in the first 17 weeks he's got a shot in there the names that we see coming up here are not surprising in that you have drew Brees a couple of times you have aaron Rodgers a couple of times you have tom brady with that 50 touchdown season in 2007 that is obviously one of lore so that's the kind of year you're going to need to have and i'm gonna borrow from one of your subsequent answers and say that joe burrow does hit 50 touchdowns this year okay let's see what happens as it goes along sean spoiling maybe some of the potential upcoming answers here but question is do the broncos and russell wilson bounce back i think this is more do the does russell wilson bounce back and the, the rest of the things then kind of tie in with that so we get Cortland sutton tied in we get you know dulcich having a, a nice season we get the running backs having their options so I, I think this will be one of the best things for fantasy this season. If the if Wilson shows kind of similar to what he did in Seattle and the, the Broncos are a, I was going to use the word competent, but if they're a good offense. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like it was with Seattle, but I also don't think it's going to be like it was last year with that complete and total debacle. And I think Russell if it's Wilson, like what it was, if it's like that after six weeks this year, I think Russell Wilson's not the quarterback anymore. Like I think no, I completely agree. I think that we're going to see something very different than either of those two things. Russell Wilson wanted to prove that he could be something other than just this guy who plays kind of backyard football. And one of the things that we found is that if you play backyard football really well, that's a, a big weapon, even at the NFL level. I don't think that he can do that anymore. But I think that Sean Payton is the coach who can get competent QB play from him in a more normal environment where i don't think many coaches could i also think people are going to be a little bit surprised about the caliber of his weapons look out for marvin mims coming at you so i i'm i'm hoping that that is going to be the case here we talked about for years in seattle about you know why wouldn't they let russ cook well you know we know now why why they didn't let him cook but uh we'll see if he can you know microwave something and 2023 sean this is one where we have to talk about our guys players we have been drafting all off season long who makes the leap sam howell kenny pickett desmond ritter and he he may this guy may have already made the leap but i guess can he maintain what he was able to show last year and that is brock purdy so we have four second year quarterbacks it doesn't have to be a one-off answer of one of these names but come the end of the season who are we going to say they are definitely the the franchise quarterback here moving forward well kenny pickett was almost perfect in the preseason he's got the weapons 
he's very clearly ready to make the leap. I put together a pretty in-depth article looking at how the weapons matter for QBs who are looking to take this next step and who are looking to give you elite win rates. Pickett checks all of those boxes. I think he's the most clear-cut answer. I think that we want to temper our expectations for the first half of the year with Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter with the answer there being, can they make the progression and can they avoid the big mistakes? Can they allow their offenses to work the way they're supposed to work and execute at a level that keeps everything rising as opposed to have some you know, huge stumbles to where we have these discussions every week of, you know, are these guys going to make it? Are they going to get benched? Should they go to the backups for them? I think it's a big win if that's not part of the conversation and then I'm looking for them in the final third of the season to start to show off what they'll be as NFL QBs, which I think will be something special. And maybe not special, but at least very viable, both for fantasy and for reality, where these teams will be able to say at the end of the year that they have found their quarterbacks of the future slash their foundation piece. I think from that list, the the three that I th- I'm the most confident in is Pickett, Howell, and Purdy and uh, the one that uh, Ritter gives me a pause for concern and it's not a real surprise when we look at how ADP is I think a lot of people have that same pause for concern part of that for me is you know Ritter himself but the other part of that is how this offense is actually going to be run and I'm hoping that you know come week one then two then three that we're pleasantly surprised by how they are actually going to run the offense in Atlanta that that will be my hope but I'm not overly confident in, in that being the case Colin, one thing I would throw out here would just be that I think the NFC South is so much weaker than these other three divisions that the pressure on him is going to be less. And I think that having that room to breathe is going to really help him. I was looking at some predictions, you know, where it's coming up on Twitter with different websites and that, you know, doing their predictions for who's going to win what division. And I was very surprised just how many people were you know, going for the Falcons to win the division, which I was kind of surprised by. But we had a lot of Falcons and Saints in there. But you mentioned earlier with the... The Buccaneers. I think it'll be a lot lower win team that actually wins this division and the NFC South. So you could be correct there. One of the things, Sean, we were very strong on last year was being able to pick some teams that people weren't in on yet that were very, very undervalued, and then were able to go and and produce in a you know really kind of return an investment on their ADPs. The teams that I have down here, the Commanders, who we've talked about already, you've mentioned. The Steelers, both with Pickett and the two wide receivers, they also have Firemuth there. There's a lot of talent on that that offense, and you know a strong defense as well. So we have talked about those. The one that I'm going to throw out here is I, I think people are probably a little bit too down on the the Titans for for what they may be this year. I, I still think there's a strong chance that they win that division, and that would lead to a strong Derrick Henry season. You know, a usable weeks from Ryan Tannehill, but I think both wide receivers and hopkins and uh barks i think they're going to show it this year i love that titans pick there i don't know that we have any offenses that are quite as easy to pick as the seahawks or the lions or that i would expect there to be as big a gap between the perception and the final results as what we got last season but i do think that the seahawks again when you're looking at 
Walker and then perhaps Charbonnet is a little bit of a hedge. But when you're looking at Walker, when you're looking at JSN and you're looking at Gino, there is still room for that offense to run a second time. Certainly when you're looking at these Lions players with Laporta and Jamison Williams as a stash and Jerry Goff, you have room for the offense to run a second time. And then I'm going to throw out one here that you actually had on a topic that we're going to cut because of time constraints. But I think that the Las Vegas Raiders could be undervalued. And well, for just for spoiler alert, I had them in the overvalued category that we've Colin had them in the overvalued category. I don't even think that they're valued at all. I, I don't notice anybody talking about them, right? I and mean, they seem like the complete forgotten team. You have the Arizona Cardinals who would be forgotten if they weren't such a train wreck that that part of it is standing out. The Raiders are this forgotten, ultra boring team. And yet the prices that we're getting on Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer are just really weird. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is is some kind of star. I do think that his actual numbers that are not just good, but are borderline elite are the result of playing in certain offenses that are going to inflate any QB. But I also think that he's going into a good situation with undervalued weapons. So even if he's not a viable fantasy player with his profile, I think that some of his weapons are going to overperform. Certainly, if you get that from a late tight end and you're in a format where tight end matters, that could be a big deal in 2023. Last one now, Sean. It is the MVP of the league and the Super Bowl winner. Sean has given away my MVP. He's the 50 touchdown man. It is Joe Burrow. And with those 50 touchdowns, he is going to charge this team to the Super Bowl and win it. And obviously, we talked a little bit earlier about Higgins and Chase. Just a, a lot of talent again on this roster and excited to see what they can do this season when you know should be fully recovered. I'm saying fully recovered. He obviously had his calf issues over the last couple of weeks, but from that knee injury the year previous, Bengals for the Super Bowl borrow with 50 touchdowns for the MVP. You can't really say, Sean, that Borrow's going to get 50 touchdowns earlier in the show and now not give him the MVP. No, as much as you don't want Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP this year, if Burrow has 50 touchdowns, Rodgers isn't going to catch him. Well, let's say that Travis Kelsey's knee injury does slow him down. And so the Chiefs are finally forced to go in a different direction. I'm gonna th- We got some positive feedback on the dreaming about Zach Evans being cut by the Rams, ending up with the Chiefs and doing something. Let's say that one of these interesting backs is cut by another NFL team, picked up by the Chiefs, and becomes a dynamic player for them. Maybe they work things out with Chris Jones or don't work things out with Chris Jones, and they are the team that picks up Jonathan Taylor. Really disappointed to find out that the stealth team in that uh, trade discussion were the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> that I was like, also disappointed to hear that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I mean, these teams doing crazy stuff. But here would be my thesis on this is that you sometimes get players awarded at the wrong time because they've built up their legacy. If Patrick Mahomes throws for 45 touchdowns and leads the NFL in passing yards again, and he does it 
by elevating Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross with some gadget plays to Kadarius Tony thrown in and a decent second campaign from Sky Moore, then he's going to be the MVP. The Chiefs are going to fend off this just furious onslaught from the Ravens, the Bengals, the Bills in the postseason. They're going to make it again. We're going to get Jamison Williams finally deciding to turn his professional career around and the Lions making a push down the stretch. They win the NFC North. They go in as underdogs, but they pull off what the Bengals did a couple of years ago. They upset the 49ers. They upset the Philadelphia Eagles, the team they played well against last season. We get a 60-yard touchdown pass to Williams on one of the final plays, the final drive, as teams are trying to stop Gibbs. The, the team in this question would be the Eagles. They're trying to stop Gibbs. They're trying to stop Laporta over the middle. They're bracketing Amon Ra. They lose Williams deep. Jerry Goff to his second Super Bowl, where they do fall to the Kansas City Chiefs. Wild, wild scenes. But uh, Sean, if that comes through, it will, and, and that will be a Sean Siegel Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Lions. So we'll see what happens there. But hopefully everyone has enjoyed us talking through some of these kind of predictions, thoughts, and I think it's been a lot of fun to do. So hopefully people have enjoyed listening. And if you do enjoy listening, then make sure you drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. We would appreciate that greatly. And the one thing we want to do is wish you all the best of luck ahead of this week's games. Go get that win in week one. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtomorrow. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.